Hey, good morning and welcome to the Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Training Group, live on this Monday. You know, everybody needs to be retrained. You got the weekend off. You, you're you're trying to figure out how to get yourself motivated for a new week of work. And the first thing you got to do is manage to get through the traffic here in the Valley of the Sun. Everybody's lost their minds out there. Uh, Eric Cedarstrom is here. You know, it was so funny. I was like, oh, you know, because I never know what he's going to do. Is he going to be here or not be here? I don't know what time he's going to come in, what time he's going to leave. And right at the last second, I mean, the bump music's starting to play, and here he comes. And uh, I heard you had an interesting drive into work today. Hey, good morning, Joe. Happy Monday to you. Um, I don't. They have destroyed this town. You know, you people up in Colorado, when we first started going up there a quarter century ago, and it was pickup trucks, you know, all doing 49 miles an hour on the interstate, you know, and everything was on five acres or more, and that's kind of how it was here in, in the North Valley. Everybody was cowboys, pickups, and everything was on at least an acre, and little by little, they've just destroyed it, and apartments everywhere. When we bought the building that we're in here, we bought it... Uh, in 05, I think Yeah, it was. we moved in in 05. Moved in in 05. Um, and I'm still at the same house. It took about 18 to 22 minutes to get here. You know, to pass slow day, 22. Give or take 18 You know, after 22. you do it every day for a while, you time it, you know. And you try to get it down to the last second, you know. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't want to show up for work. <laughs> one one like, second earlier. I want to get here the minute the music starts. So, um... So I left the house today. I'm like, well, you know, it's Monday, and I'll get a little extra time in. You try to prepare, do a good show. I left the house at 821. So, I mean, it's literally doubled. The traffic is horrible. There's apartments everywhere. And then I come in, you know, and I just open up the computer. Here's pop-up Drudge Report. Right on the front page, average commute time reached a new record. (laughs) Thanks for telling me. I could have wrote this article. The average American commute has now grown to over 27 minutes one way, which just took me about 30. So 29. So there you have it. So ah, it's just sad. You know, how was your weekend, Joe? How was it? I saw I didn't go down and watch your son play football. I, I just followed the box score. Looked like you guys were down 7 nothing. We we had a battle. Were you, you know guys what? nervous? This is what happens when, you know, you're one of those teams that uh, – you know, we're highly ranked in the state. Everybody wants to beat us. Yeah, undefeated teams you got a target on. Yeah, you guys are 6-0, 7-0. 7-0 now. 7-0 now. How about that? We, we, had, uh, we had to come from behind. Uh, we ended up winning. I know it, do, it didn't sound as close as it was. We ended up winning 30-7. to seven. Uh, but, but hats off to McClintock. Those guys played tough. Those kids, they battled. Their court, I've never seen. I'll tell you this. Their quarterback... He got hit more times than uh, Joe Flacco and the Denver Broncos get hit. And uh, he kept getting up. I'll give him credit. Tough kid. Uh, it was a very competitive game in the big game this Friday. Yeah, right? The conference it. championships on the line. Two top ten, actually two top five teams uh, going at it. So we'll, we'll see how it. Uh, we'll see how we play. Hopefully, we'll play a little better this Friday. High school football is exciting. I think uh, I I played. Think about that. Your your son's grandfather played against McClintock, and me. I played against McClintock. Well, now so, you guys are are older. McClintock used to be a powerhouse. Powerhouse. Yeah. Team. Yep. So, yeah, you you dreaded when you had to play him. So. 
So, yeah, I played last time I was on McClintock 1976. It might have changed a little. <laughs> but you know what? What's amazing, this world, you know, of instant information. And you can follow uh, the football, the high school games, and uh, you can follow the scores and the box scores and watch it. But uh, what amazes me is, you know, when I was a kid, the, the newspapers, this is how things have changed. You got up Saturday morning, you're playing high school football. I mean, there's literally... Three pages of pictures from high school teams in the Arizona Republic. You know, they cover the state. The state, of course, was probably 20% the size that it is now. But somehow they managed to get all, no matter how late the games went, overtime, didn't matter. There was headlines, high school, you know, two, three pages. You were hoping to see yourself in the paper, you know. Did I, is there a picture of me playing somewhere? Did they cover our game? Because you never knew. Today... Saturday morning, there's not even a score. <laughs> it's too late for them. God forbid the newspaper stay open past 3 o'clock on Friday. So it's just amazing, isn't it? So did things really get better? Nah. For the t- You don't know what we're going to talk about. So we had Beto in town. Vato. If you wonder why Beto said, hey, Vato. Okay? It's the same thing. <laughs> It's a Hispanic slang name. Hey, Beto. That, that, that B has got the V on. Right, or S-A. I'm waiting for S-A to run. <laughs> S-A O'Rourke. So, and they actually showed him last night on the news. He's got, he made the paper. Somehow they stayed up late enough for his rally. But I mean to tell you, of course, you know, in the name Beto, you looked at the pictures. I watched some of it on the news. It's all, uh, it's there's. I didn't see many Hispanics in the crowd, which you think that's what you'd see. You know, they'd be like, oh, Beto, he's our candidate. That's what he's counting on. So I'm officially writing him off because there wasn't anyone there, you know, really to speak of. It looked like he was in a coffee shop. I don't know, maybe 100 people or something. But but the whole thing was open borders, gun control, uh, free health care. And, I mean, it's so weird just to hear him. It's one thing to read it, but it's another thing to hear him stand up and speak. Literally, we need to open our borders. And everybody goes, could have been right out of uh, right out of the movies with Chris Farley. He left out everything except kill Whitey. <laughs> everything else was there. We'll be back. You're listening to the Patriot Radio News Hour on a Monday morning on this beautiful day in October 7th, 2019. The year of our Lord. It's 9.15 here in the Valley of the Sun. You're listening to KHNC 1360, the American Freedom Network out of Colorado. Simulcast here at 1010KXXT in Phoenix. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy life. Our producers, uh, Jason up in Colorado, Ramon here in Phoenix. You guys, amazing, amazing people. I'm humbled, humbled in their professionalism. Oh, now let me see here. I thought I was maybe watching the History Channel when I found out there was a second shooter. I said, did I hear shooter? No, no, whistleblower. I'm like, oh, okay. It's close. So, um, you know what's so ridiculous about this whole thing? That um, the, the first whistleblower, and I don't know how it would stand up in court, you know, it was hearsay. He didn't actually hear the conversation, or she, but... Heard it, someone told them who told this whistleblower, and then they, of course, blew the whistle. Now, apparently, the second whistleblower is uh, firsthand. Because you'd think in any court of law, any court of law, you say, okay, well, 
you're the witness, okay. Uh, well, what I heard was, and then you go, objection, hearsay. <laughs> and that would be the end of the witness, wouldn't it? Well, you know, you brought up a really, really good point in, in part of uh, this new society that we live in here. We, we, you, that used to be the law. What happened with the first whistleblower? Now, I guess we've got to refer to it whistleblower number one. Uh, Congress had a law inside of itself, kind of like the the laws of the land. Hey, you can't uh, be a whistleblower without firsthand knowledge. You had you have you had to witness it. In other words, you can't come in front of us and say, "Hey, I want to blow the whistle," and then say, "But by the way, I never saw any of it happen." When this obviously a, a political move by the Democrats, they they knew they had this this. Uh, first whistleblower uh, so the they actually voted inside of chambers to change the law so this law actually got changed so hearsay is admissible in august how about that oh so in they've august, they've known about this for a long time yes in other words. Yes. yes so they they had they had the democrats had their hands on this little whistleblower uh since at least you know at, at least early august and the the Democrats were like, how, we want to use this, but we can't. And someone, you know, hey, give them credit. They came up with a great idea. Hey, I know. Let's just change the rule. You know, it's interesting that uh, during the Clinton administration and impeachment and Nixon, that the House voted. They had a vote, and and you want to get it on the record. And Trump's pushing for this. Okay, every he wants those new freshmen. You know, all the new people. Everybody has to pick a side. And if it turns out, which it will, that that it's completely bipartisan, then they've got no case. I mean, uh, the country will just remain divided. And they tried. Someone they wrote an article. Remember Ev Meekum? Remember the he old got, governor? He got impeached here, Republican GOP guy. But you know, over three quarters of the Republicans also voted to impeach him. You know, it's really simple. He uh, he misappropriated. Now think about this at the time. $80,000 for his car lot. And he borrowed it from the Teamsters and he used the wrong credit apps and everything. I mean, well, that, that was just one of the things that they got him on. Misappropriation of funds. $80,000. I have a credit card that has $80,000 <laughs> credit line now. Now the governor and the Teamsters and everybody gets involved. That's how the money has lost its value. But uh, they tried to, you know... Equivalent these two events in the Arizona repulsive over the weekend, and I, I agree. So I guess if eighty percent of the Republicans uh, they they hold a, a vote, go on record, going, "Yeah, we want to impeach him," you'd have an issue. Now you may get one or two of the rhinos. You know, those are always there. But if it's just a party line vote, and, they, and then the, on the news magazines they had a gal on, and uh, she's like, "Well, there's no precedent set." That the House has to vote. The guy goes, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> there was no House, you know, it was it Jackson or Johnson or the first guy, but the last two, yes. Yeah, Nixon and uh, and Clinton, I would say that's a precedent that they, uh, they should vote. And Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to do it because there's a lot of these states that these new coming, you know, extremist liberals won by nobody knows how they won. And if they go on record, it may go back to those states may go back to red again. So when this whole thing blows up, and it will. But then on top of it all, on top of everything, you know, when you were a kid, 
And I don't know if they told you like they did me. They told us all, you can be president of the United States someday, little Johnny. And the teachers all the time, the liberal teachers, I hated them. I hated almost every teacher that I ever crossed path with, except for the football coaches, the weightlifting coaches, and maybe an earth science or a business teacher. The rest of them I couldn't stand. So, needless to say, uh, now that may not be indicative. <laughs> I try to think the red for Ed thing, you know. Prowless at the time. Yeah, I mean it. It's you know, today if you know the minute they saw the Cedarstrom kids, all five of us starting to school after the first one, they invented Ritalin. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they'd have so drug, you're the one. They'd have drugged me up for sure. I've been. I got more swats. You know, you used to get hit back then. And the great thing about swats is that you always weighed the crime to the punishment. You're like, ah, you know. Depends on who gives me the sport. <laughs> Is the vice principal here today? Yeah, yeah. No, the shop teacher. If you had to get a swat from the shop teacher, you were going to feel that one. He actually, you know, the wood burning. You said do wood burning. They don't have this anymore. The wood shops are gone. But they had wood burning, and he had this paddle. And, I mean, the thing had spikes on it and everything. So, but he had holes drilled in it so it would have less air drag. And on the face of this paddle... He had the words burned in that said better. <laughs> better, yeah, B-E-T-T-E-R, better. And I'll never forget, Cedarstrom, keep it up, and you're going to feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I actually designed a wood tool that you could put a horseshoe paperclip. You know how you open the paperclip, make a horseshoe? You could insert it, had a little piece of wood, and you could stick the paperclip into the electrical socket. <laughs> And short out the entire classroom. That got me a swat. <laughs> Unfortunately, I got a D on that uh, assignment. But uh, Mr. Vogan, God rest his soul, drove an old international travel. Anyway, I'm sorry. I just never know what you're going to hear. It's Monday. My mind's wandering this morning. So through it all, the second shooter, the news magazines, I watch it all now. I can't help it. But um, this morning, the U.S. Court of Appeals... For the Second Circuit, granted President Donald Trump a last-minute reprieve in his effort to prevent New York prosecutors from obtaining his tax records. The stay was issued not long after a federal judge rejected Trump's claim that he was immune from criminal investigations in a bid to block a subpoena from the Manhattan District Attorney seeking eight years of personal and business tax returns. As a result of the stay, and by the way, if you're keeping, that means they said, yeah, okay, we want him. So he filed, in, his attorneys file an appeal. So we go back to anybody could be president. Who the hell would want to be president at this point in time? Could you imagine being 10 years old and your parents are politically active and you're not living in a warp? I mean, I grew up, you know, in the 60s and, uh, you know, my, my mom was active for Barry Goldwater campaign forum. I mean, there was politics were always flying at our house. And henceforth, there go, ergo, it's probably why I do this. But, uh, I mean, to think about it today, if you're a kid who's aware of all this, you know their biggest children's biggest issues today are what do you think the number one fear of chi- of children 15 and under in this country by their, far their cell phone doesn't work nope nope uh, environmental annihilation because it's being taught in the schools it's being taught did you know that 
that you now they are teaching that that yes there is climate change and yes there is global warming and Ocasio Cortez is right in ten well now ten years everybody's going to be wiped off the face of the planet well if you're six years old you're like well let me see I can count now <laughs> wait a minute I'm done at sixteen this is a huge issue for them. So now, obviously, if you're cognizant of that fact, you're cognizant of the fact that the whole world hates the President of the United States if you watch it on TV, because ever the whole press hates him. So when they say to you, now you're a kid, no, they can't say it. Any, little Johnny, anybody here could be the next President of the United States. Who would want to? So now they got his tax records. So they said, yep, yep, this is in Manhattan, by the way. I mean, Donald Trump built more real estate probably than any single guy in New York, don't you think? I mean, any entity? Nobody cared about his taxes. Right, until he became president. Until he became president and he wasn't a liberal. So now, as a result of this name, Mazars USA, the president's tax preparer, does not have to hand over the documents by 1 o'clock today, as was required. A panel of appellate judges will hear the case on an expedited basis and then issue a ruling. Earlier today, U.S. District Court Judge Victor Marrero tossed the lawsuits Trump's legal team had brought against the district attorney, Cyrus Vance, arguing Vance should not receive Trump's tax returns because virtually all legal commentators agree that a sitting president of the United States is not subject to the criminal process while he's in office. In a 75-page order, Marrero called the president's immunity that Trump invoked in the lawsuit to stop the production of tax documents unqualified and boundless. They hate him. They hate him. So everybody's working against the guy. In every government entity, every office, the entire press, meet the press. I mean, what a show that is. God, is that horrible. Horrible show. It's hard to watch, but... ah. So what do you think it is, Joe? What do you think it is that Trump believes will harm at this point? I mean, how do you just release him? What what could all right, he didn't pay any taxes. Did anybody would anybody have cared, you know, a, a month after he was elected here, here's my taxes. All right, I didn't pay. Okay? Or he's writing off these tremendous losses and he's getting money back every year, which could be the case. I I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. I, and again, remember, the tax code isn't for you and I, right? Right. It's for the uber rich. They leave so many loopholes and so many ways to circumvent actually paying any taxes that, quite honestly, I think if Trump would have, because re- I think that's what it is, if he would have just released them and said, "Hey, don't be mad at me," uh, because right, my accountants, my did. accountants know the law. At right. this point, now, I mean, it, now it's kind of, it, it's, yeah, I, he, I think he mishandled it. I think he should have released them uh, after he got elected, and, and by now nobody would have cared. But then again, again, uh, I'm not sure what, what's in them, not in them. But I'll also say this, because you were talking about, hey, when you grow up, you can be president. My parents used to say that to so us mine. so many times. And very similar. We grew up very similarly. I mean, politics was the big debate at all, all of our family gatherings. All the all the Italians yelling and screaming and all that stuff. Uh, I can tell you right now, I never say that to my kids. See, I, I think that's probably gone in the uh... and, and I and I don't say it because you know you don't want to be president. Plus, you've turned turns out you really unless you know somehow you've built 
uh, 50 golf courses, 80 casinos, and 9 million floors of apartment buildings. Other than that, if you're not a blue blood and you're juiced you've got no shot. No, no, no chance. And the worst thing that can happen is you actually do run for president and win. Wait a minute. <laughs> you, your dad is Joe Jaquin. Your uncle is Eric Sederstrom. Yeah. yeah, he's got no chance. What could go wrong? So, <laughs> of course, you know what? If your youngest does get into an Ivy League school, we may have to start going over there. <laughs> well, <you know. laughs> yeah, I don't know. You're listening to the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by Patriot Trading Group. The leader in hard assets, call one 800 951 Remember when Pat Buchanan was running for president? Yes. Who should bring him back? Everybody seemed to like him. 1-800-GO-PAT-GO. I liked it when you're a patriot because we used to say back then when he was running, if you get rid of Pat, the only thing left is riot. <laughs> Pat, riot, patriot, get it? No, slow. 1-800-951-0-5. It's Monday. The Cardinals won, and the Broncos. How about that? Well, so. the Cardinals had it a little easier because they were playing another team that hadn't won before, so somebody yeah. was going to win. Well, I thought we were headed for another tie. <laughs> it looked that way. It was close. So. Hey, it's halftime here on a Monday. Kick back and relax. Have a oh, maybe a shot or two of Jack in the coffee. We'll be back. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, grassroots activist, author of 27 books, and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Millions of ordinary folk languish in federal prisons, and many even die there, while no friend of the deep state seems to ever be held accountable. But this time, the Me Too crowd is on the case, as they may consider the alleged crimes of Jeffrey Epstein to be comparable to capital offenses. Alexander Acosta, who was the U.S. attorney at the time, has refused to confirm or deny the published account of why the Epstein case was compromised. No one has explained why the plea bargain given to Epstein was so preferential that it even protected his accomplices against being brought to justice. Now Attorney General Barr has identified, quote, serious irregularities, end quote, at the jail where Epstein was allowed to commit suicide despite being under a suicide watch. Barr promises a full and thorough investigation, and for once, liberals seem to be supportive of this Trump nominee. But the investigation should not be limited merely to the Manhattan jail cell where Epstein died. Rather, Barr should release to the public all the files on the federal investigation and cover-up of Epstein from a decade ago. Peeling back the layers of cover-up for Jeffrey Epstein could finally bring down the deep state and its own perverse way of protecting some while destroying others. Was the preferential treatment of Epstein motivated in part to protect Bill Clinton? We just don't know. Like Epstein, Clinton has been able to get away for decades with conduct that would have landed any Republican in prison long ago. But the Epstein scandal and the clamor by all sides of the political spectrum may finally bring some accountability to Bill Clinton, even after all these years. Important revelations could also result from a full probe into Epstein's unexplained accumulation of wealth. There are reports that Epstein handled the $29.3 million jackpot on behalf of the still-undisclosed winner of the Oklahoma Powerball Lottery in July 2008. If Attorney General Biggs digs deep, state lotteries or other government corruption might be brought down too, and not a moment too soon. We might just have the Me Too movement, one of the left's own creations, to thank for tackling this part of the deep state secrets. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we think it's time to take Washington back from the power brokers. At phyllisschlafly.com, we're organizing a grassroots movement to stand against the deep state bureaucrats who control government. For the latest strategies, go to phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Yeah, how you guys doing? Happy Monday to you. It's the uh, 7th day of October 2019, year of our Lord. If you got to be at work at 930, you're now three minutes late. In the uh, Arizona Republic today, there apparently, I didn't even know we had this, that calls are surging to Arizona's 211 line. You know, like 911, 811, 7115. I guess they're all merged 211. I'm like, thank God, I don't know what this is. I had to look it up. It's for people that find themselves suddenly homeless. So apparently if your wife throws you out on Sunday, <laughs> you uh, you could call 211 and go, well, you sound pretty nice. <laughs> But, uh, no, apparently the calls have shot up, uh, but mm, here's what they did. Due to uh, recession-era cuts, they automated it. (laughs) So they had three operators who would actually answer the phone. Now a machine does. So press one if you lived in a house. (laughs) Press two if you're in the (laughs) doghouse. So, I don't know. I guess we shouldn't laugh, but it's... uh, I never heard of it. I had before. no idea there was such a service, so two one one. Two one one if you're residentially challenged. Well, women just run anything everything anyway, so ship sticks. Have you ever seen you know you know what that is? Careful with that. Ship sticks. Yeah, say that five times fast. I don't know what that is. Ship sticks is a company that ships your golf clubs for you. Oh, okay. So, you know, your sticks. That's what everybody calls their clubs, or it used to be a slang for it, so so if you're gonna go on go, a vacation, go on vacation, and you're business gonna play trip. golf instead of you lugging them to the airport, airport. And I don't even know. I hate to even see what they charge for. Oh God, it's got to be ridiculous. It's got to so. be probably like forty, fifty bucks. Uh, you might want to double that, maybe triple it. So yeah, it's right. probably expensive because when you get to the course, your clubs are there. So oh, they don't even ship you. They ship them right boom. to the course. Yeah. So so anyway. I saw the commercial for it this morning. It was on Fox. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere with it. I am. Oh, okay. The uh, the, the course shows four golfers, and they're all high-fiving each other, you know, laughing, walking down the fairway. They're all women. <laughs> That's the commercial. This is the world that we live in today. Men? Nah. You know, the old ad men, you know, where men run everything. And, uh, uh, it's over. Yeah, they ship six. They show four, and they say buddies. When you want to travel and golf with your buddies, and it's four gals walking all high-fiving each other. So I don't know where I'm going with it now, but <laughs> that was where now, I was going with I'm it. I'm done with it. Oh, weird. You know, have you ever noticed almost all laundry detergent commercials now are men? Almost all of them. So when they come on TV, hi, I use Tide with a cigar hanging out of his mouth and a beer and the other. <laughs> You damn kids, get back in your room! So, no, the men, the wussification of America. The men are running everything, and just like my house, the women are making all the money, so it's crazy. Then I helped my wife um, 
she got busy. My wife, Lori, is a relocation realtor. So there's a lot of corporation movements. People come and go. You know, when you get transferred and you work for a corporation, a lot of you people know this, but I didn't until she started doing this, that uh, that you can't wait till your house sells, all right? You're needed in Paducah. You got to go. Okay, the boss wants you there. You're moving. You got kids in school. You got everything. And they're like, okay, put your house on the market. Get one of these hotshot realtors. You get to pick out. They send three. You pick the one you want. It's usually Lori, and believe it or not, 98% of the time that uh, she ends up with the listing. She puts the house on the market. If it doesn't sell right away, because you don't have to worry about it, A, they make your payments, or B, they buy your house. It's a relocation company. You're just gone. So you don't think about it anymore. The minute you move, you do, the minute you leave, you no longer own that house. You don't have to make the payments or anything. Isn't that amazing? Wow. So now I'm amazed. So she's got these listings up here in the North Valley. You people listening here in Phoenix, the Norterra area, they're building a place called Uniontown, which you got to laugh. You know, it's right out of New Jersey. I mean, I've seen it. Have you seen it over yeah. here? Jimmy, right off nine, my Happy Valley. Nine gazillion houses. Literally, you can hand the Grey Poupon to the house next door out of the second floor window. I mean, it's right out of New Jersey. I mean, it's amazing. It's just building tomorrow's slums today. But then around it, this Norterra area. So I, I sat out. I have an re, Arizona real estate license, and I made the mistake going, you need any help this weekend? Never ask your wife that. Never when you're going to the hardware store go, do you need anything? When you're going, okay, because you're going to get a coupon, okay? <laughs> and you're going to have to return something, all right? You're going to have to go wait in line, return this. I've learned. Yeah, 32 years of marriage, just where are you going? Nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> so I sat an open house for her. So it's a nice neighborhood. I uh, held the house open. Um, amazing what's happened to this country. Amazing. It's one thing that we've talked about it. Joe and I talked about it a lot. It's another thing to see what's really happening to America. So here's a uh, 3,000 square foot home, five bedroom, four bath, two stories, built in a cookie cutter neighborhood, no gate. It's $450,000 with a two car garage and a decent lot. You know, not the postage stamp lot, but the next size up. So you know you can actually let's not call it a, you know no a huge, not a real but, not a huge lot but you can but, actually fit a small pool in this you could put a pool in it yeah exactly perfect way to put it. you could put a small pool in and a patio in the back so which is big by today's standards it is so I I notice on a Saturday that the neighborhood's bustling the neighborhood's been built two years every car every garage has a Tesla at the and I'm amazed. And I really start to look around, and I, it, I realize after the first two people that came in were from India. Okay? India. Right. India, okay? And, you know, hello, how are you? Very nice people. And both, it was husband and wife, and each had a child. Okay? One had a young son, one had a young daughter. The young daughter removed her shoes before she came in the home, before she entered the home. I mean, I have to tell you that uh, very nice people... But what's happening, and then I didn't, I had no idea, I realized, started looking around, that the whole neighborhood is all computer people from India buying $450,000 homes. They all have a Tesla. They all work downtown. So, And I said, well, I asked the neighbor came over. I saw him open his garage. I'm not saying they all have Teslas, but I probably saw 20 Teslas Saturday. 20! And they said, well, you get to use the carpool lane. So, you know, because it's an electric car with one person in it. And they all work downtown, and they're all in on what was that visa? But the H one B visa. They all came over on the H one B visa, but now 
They're all American citizens. So they talk about diversity, and we embrace diversity, and everybody's welcome, fine. Okay? But in reality, they're racist. They have no intentions of doing business with a, a six-foot-one, blonde-haired, blue-eyed realtor. They have no interest in that. All the others that came in, they came in with their realtors. Of course, the realtors are all from India, and the neighborhoods are all from India. They're all moving in together. The whole thing is just ridiculous. But when you think about it, this is really, you know, you got Chinatown. You know, this is what happens. Is people want to be with their own. you got Little Italy, you know, and now you've got India about two miles from here. Little India. It's amazing. So I just thought I'd point that out for you. So much for diversity. We'll be back. Hey, it's a great day, man. Thanks for tuning in. Here in Arizona, we're going to be in the high 90s today. <laughs> it's October. We've got a ways to go. so. But the nights are cooling off a little bit. So I saw Colorado, the high yesterday in Johnstown at the station, I think it was in the 60s, 66. That sounds nice, doesn't it? <laughs> If you get off, if you fly out of Phoenix and land in Denver, and you get out of the airplane too fast, you may crack. <laughs> Business news: you See the uh, General Electric. I called the demise to GE here a year ago or so because I watched their CEO, who was an absolute idiot, who drove the drove the entire company into you know just economic malaise and demise. And then they got a new one. And the new CEO is a lot better. But, you know, it's interesting, They're, the article breaking today, they're freezing the pensions. and um, At GE, yeah. At GE, yeah. So GE to freeze pension plans for 20,000 U.S. workers. And I get to look at, you know, the the, pay, the pensions, nobody offers them anymore. You don't get them. So, and GE actually quit offering pensions in 2012. That's how long this has been going on. So they were one of the last. Yeah, one of the last. So... But, you know, they have the same problem. They got the same, you know, same, but laugh about Uniontown being built up here. In Arizona, they call it a right-to-work state, which is a fancy way of saying you're not going to make any money. You get minimum wage, and you have illegal aliens, because there's no unions. There's no Teamster unions, drywall, plasterer unions, painters unions. They're not here. They don't exist. There are police and firefighter unions, teachers unions, the government workers unions. All those are here and. Alive and well, yes, because you need to protect yourself against the robber baron taxpayers who might make you work for a living. I'm against them, obviously. So, I mean, you really need teachers, need unions. Come on. Come on. So, and the red for Ed and all of that. So, union town. But uh, the the pensions that these teachers get and the police and the firefighters by far outweigh any of the dues that are coming in from the current workers. I mean, the whole the whole thing not is not even close. Not even close. So you know, you've got entire. It's the first. Actually, the first town was in Illinois, and it was two weeks ago that uh, had to start shutting down city services under law to pay the retired people. I mean, literally shutting down entire government divisions so the money could be diverted to pay people who are not working. And what's even more amazing is they're not living there either. I mean, they're all out here where they come. The Midwest comes to Arizona. So now you've got these towns that are, you know, well, Prescott up north 
is one. Prescott Valley. I would love to have a survey of how many retired pensioners live in Prescott. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you, the demographics, over 60%. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's easy. Everybody so. I run into that says they live in Prescott, oh, well, well what do you do? Oh, I'm, I'm a retired pensioner from right. California or Chicago or, or Wisconsin. It does Pick a state. They're either a teacher, a firefighter, or a cop that's retired, and they're like 50. Right. And they, uh, yeah, they started young. And what's funny is they're making a hundred. It's not funny. They're making a hundred grand a year for a job when they started, paid eight thousand. <laughs> My brother called them the retired snowplow drivers because <laughs> they're everywhere with these huge pensions. You can't keep going. So the best way to see what's going to happen on the government pensions is to see what's happening with the private pensions, and ultimately, you know it and I do. GE, that's their biggest problem is their retirement. So get this. The company said it's going to offer a limited-time lump-sum payment option to 100,000 former employees that have not yet started their monthly pension plan payments. So, in other words, what, they, what they're doing is, if you want to risk it... Yep, you wanna, you're not going to live long if enough. If you want to risk it, you don't have to take this buyout. But if I was you... I would take the buyout, and then that way, what they don't want to put it this way, they don't they don't want to pay for them and, and all their retirement and all their health care costs. They don't want to pay for them because, you know what, you're probably going to live too long. You're going to live out there in Prescott. The weather's beautiful. You're going to play golf all day. You probably won't want to die because your life's not going to be miserable enough. So take a buyout. You know, I listened to a financial planner on the radio this weekend, and uh um, he was talking about, you know, people used to die in their 50s and 60s, and the kids would inherit whatever they were going to get. Well, people don't do that anymore. We live a lot longer. Look at me. I mean, I'm 60. I ran two miles Saturday. I listened to the American Freedom Network, got home. I ran two miles in the morning, and then I lifted weights for about an hour, hour and a half. So that's 60. So hopefully I'm going to make it to 61. <laughs> I'm working. I, see, I've learned to just take little bites. <laughs> But the, the financial planner said, I thought it was interesting, don't wait, you know, if you live into your 80s or 90s or 100, don't wait to, and you've got the money, start giving your children your inheritance now. That's what they said. You know, start cutting them checks at the end of every year so they don't have to wait until they're too old. You can help them while they need the help now. I thought that was interesting. And if you're my kids listening, don't get excited. You're not getting nothing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They know better, so... So anyway, that's, uh, I just thought that was interesting. That's how the demographics have changed in this country, and the pension plans don't work. So now what do you get? You get a 401 plan? Is that what it is? Yeah, you get a 401 plan, and you're lucky if you retire. You're lucky if you end up with a hundred grand. Okay. And, and think about this. You're 65, 67. Right by the time I retire, retirement age is going to be 70. What's a hundred grand going to do you? Yeah, I know. So you got to walk around. Today they did a thing on Fox that that 70% of the country thinks $1 million is enough to retire. So now if if this was 1980 and you had a million dollars, well, just, you know, what the money bought more. But you could put you could put a million dollars in the bank and get 200 grand a year in interest. <laughs> think about that. Today on a million dollars, I think you get about 8,000 not even.
probably more like 2000 on a million bucks. We'll have to look that up. Final segment coming up. Eric Cedarstrom sitting in. Joe Jake went there. She's doing some radio here. Dust off the uh, cobwebs. You never know what's going to happen, do you? You never know. I don't know. Speaking of that, economically, uh, Barron's Magazine and Barron's Financial Advisor says Fed rate cuts alone cannot prevent recession. Savvy investors should realize that interest rate cuts by the Federal Reserve cannot single-handedly save the U.S. economy from a recession. They explain that the two forces that are at work that are jolting the economy, those forces are the Fed whose domain is interest rates and monetary policy and the fiscal policy or public spending is the second, which is controlled by the federal government. But I can tell you one thing that I know. Reading tea leaves is what I do best. That um, the recession always hits when nobody forecasts it. And that's just how it goes. So, you know, Larry Kudlow, they have him on. You know, he ad infinitum. He's always been a permable. You know, there's nothing wrong. Everybody remain calm, no matter what was happening. And I don't think he was the best pick to represent this economy. But nevertheless, you know, he's going out of his way. But the uh, the litany of uh, of uh, naysayers in the economy and the anti-Trumpers, I can tell you for a fact, the recession will come when everybody 100% believes that we're heading to economic nirvana. You know, the president, Clinton, remember Clinton? We, we did, Joe and I did the show. I'm like, what? What did he say? This was literally right before uh, everything started to come apart. The day, the President Clinton said the days of economic boom and bust cycles are now permanently over They're for over the United it. States. We fixed it. That is when you sell your equities. The best time to buy gold is when the Arizona Republic puts on the front page of their business section that gold is the worst investment that anybody could ever make, ever, in the history of economics. That weekend marked the exact bottom for the gold market on its way from 200 something dollars to 1900 bucks an ounce. So that is the world that you live in. And that is why you need to pay attention, try to seek out sources that are lucent, and somehow make sense in your head, which is something that this radio show has tried to accomplish for decades now. So, and I'm glad to come back out and knock the cobwebs off. There are things in the making. We'll see what happens. So, well, I'm glad to have you back. Speaking Thank you. Speaking of uh, things that we do, obviously, selling gold, uh, U.S. $5 liberties. It's so weird, this market now. You, 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 we just, you hit these runs where you can get some products, but you can't get others. Uh, the $10 liberties have all but disappeared. I don't know why. I can't find them anywhere. Uh, but we seem to be getting pockets of these $5 liberties. These are the old ones, the 1866 to 1907s. I got 50 more of them today at 400 bucks. So that would be like $1,600 for the ounce. You got $1,500 gold, and you're buying fractional quarter ounce pieces for like $25 over spot. It's crazy how uh, the premiums have shrunken down to this point. Just the great opportunity. And, and you get fractional material uh, without having to pay fractional prices, which is always the best way to do it. 800 
9510592 the old uh, $5 liberties 400 bucks a throw Patriot Radio News Hour we'll be back tomorrow assuming Eric can get through the traffic everybody take care have a great rest of your Monday <laughs>